Hi, I'm Lazarus Gramos, and welcome to the Back Pegs Daily Doha World Cup Series. We are on episode 16 today, and this episode, in lieu of a sponsor, is brought to you by the Samba Celesao. So, great performance by uh, Brazil this morning, comprehensive in the first half, and Korea just unable to match them. Good to see Korea try and uh, come back and get a goal, and what a goal. Really classy goal there. But Brazil sent a message to the rest of the tournament saying that we're heavyweights and that we've arrived and we deserve our favouritism. All over the park, they were brilliant. There's nothing much else to add to that, really. Tactically, technically better than Korea. Korea couldn't withstand the pressure of Brazil. Brazil getting an early goal and, um, you know, which basically, I mean, they were 4-0 up within 37 minutes. So goal every 10 minutes just left Korea in a position where they couldn't do anything else but only try and win the second half, which they did. So um, Korea bow out with some respect. Uh, They've had a great tournament and um, hopefully um, with Asian football, you know, all the Asian football teams having gone out, hopefully we can um, better ourselves and and have a stronger 2026 uh, World Cup campaign just to make it into the quarterfinals. Step by step, the tide will turn. With regard to the the uh, power of football and and uh, yes, the heavyweight nations are making themselves heard, uh, flexing their muscle. But yeah, it's it may not happen in our lifetimes, but there's no doubt that uh, football, the world of football, is getting closer together, and there will come a time where an African nation and an Asian nation will be crowned world champions. So yeah, amazing performance by Brazil. What else can be said? Richarlison on fire, Vinicius Junior, absolutely brilliant. They look ominous. They look ominous, but you never know what happens come quarterfinal or semifinal time. So we'll uh, wait and see what uh, what transpires over the coming days in the tournament. Earlier this morning at 2am, we had Japan and, Cos- uh, Japan and Croatia, rather. Don't know what I was going to say, Costa Rica there. Japan and Croatia. And uh, well played by Japan, going ahead in the 42nd minute with a great header. And, um, you know, they were in control of the match. Croatia did come back, and Perisic with an amazing header. Absolutely brilliant delivery, and uh, the finish just as exquisite. We did say that uh, we would think this would be a draw, uh, and it would go to penalties, and how. Uh, Amazing drama, amazing game, befitting of this World Cup. Uh, It did have the feeling that at the end of 90 minutes that this game would go to penalties, and it turned out to be the case. Amazing performance in the penalty shootout by the Croatian goalkeeper, uh, Dominic Levakovic. Uh, Three saves. I mean, the penalties weren't very well taken, but um, the keeper still had to, uh, you know, go the right way and ensure that uh, he saved those penalties. And um, Japan, unfortunately, left to rue what could have been. So um, they had an amazing tournament, being group winners. But, um, yeah, unfortunately for Japan... Not sure if they practice penalties or not because um, they didn't take them very well. They missed three of their um, four uh, penalty shots, or they had three of their pe- four penalty shots saved by Lavakovic. And as such, uh, Lavakovic is my player of the day. So he's um, yeah, absolute standout performance with that penalty shootouts, and uh, quite rightly the hero of the Croatian side with regard to this qualification to the quarter round, uh, to the quarterfinals, where they will take on Brazil. So that looks to be an interesting quarterfinal with a dynamic that Croatia don't fear anyone. They will respect Brazil. There's no doubt about that. But they don't fear anyone. And this might be the kind of opponent that might just uh, get the best out of Croatia. We really haven't seen the best out of Croatia in this World Cup as yet. But um, it may be that that game, which we'll preview in coming days, will uh, bring out the best in Croatia, bring out something 
a side of Croatia that we haven't seen yet really in this World Cup. So looking forward to seeing that play out and see what kind of challenge they can provide to the Selesau, the Brazilian national team. The midfielder Croatia were played re- relatively well. I could We could see that um, the changes were made with regards to... Um, the only concern is Modric and Modric coming out. That is a concern, I have to say. It did come off um, during uh, extra time, but likewise Kovacic, uh, Kovacic, I should say. I guess it was done in a way to protect those players for the game. Potentially that was due to come ahead. Hopefully Croatia are in um, good you know, physical condition where they can recover well and be able to take on the might of Brazil because they will need to be at their best to beat this Brazilian side. This Brazilian side is is really good and we can see how dynamic they've been. Just warming up. That game against Cameroon didn't didn't fool anyone. Full marks Brazil on today's performance um, as a team. Easily the performance of the day. Individual performance of the day was Lovakovic in goal for Croatia. Amazing um, effort there in the penalty shootout after 120 minutes. With regard to moments... Uh, or things that caught our eye off the field. Now, some of the Socceroos have come back into Sydney and Melbourne, like Nathan mentioned yesterday, which was awesome. Great to see the re- the reception they received at both Sydney and Melbourne air- airports, respectively. So uh, welcome home to those Socceroos that have come home, and well done on your efforts. Uh, Arsene Wenger held a press conference recently uh, over the last uh, 24 to 36 hours, which is a bit staggering to be fair, in what was said, where he was saying that um, teams that concentrated on the off-field dramas around guitar wanted to make a statement didn't perform as well, which I found absolutely, absolutely staggering that someone would say that. And for those that don't know, Arsene Wenger is the head of football uh, globally within FIFA. Yeah, it just seems like another Gianni Infantino, uh, I feel, type of scenario there. Yeah, so that that, uh, caught the eye. Uh, likewise, we should mention as well that we've had Roberto Martinez from Belgium um, gone, Tata Martino gone from Mexico. Uh, looks like the Uruguayan coach will be going as well and to be replaced by Marcelo, Marcelo Bielsa, which um, is a interesting shout. I think Bielsa's um, obviously due to have a international coaching gig, no doubt. would love to have him here involved in the game because I think it would be awesome for the game. But um, yeah, it looks like he'll be going to Uruguay. There's no other real coaching shakeups that have occurred as a result of this uh, World Cup as yet. But it does seem we know it has come to light in various sources across the media that uh, Belgium had some problems within the dressing room and um, it looks like that uh, that came out on the field the way that they, they performed at this World Cup, where there is a divide between the Flemish-speaking players and the French-speaking players. And Roberto Martinez had a while um, insisted that everyone speak English in the camp when he first took on the team. But over the years, it looks like that had happened less and less. And uh, that came to a boil this time around. And obviously with the quotes of, uh, Hazard, of um, De Bruyne, rather, saying we're too old and Alderweireld saying the attack is too old. Yeah, it just, just looks like it fell apart at the seams there. So that's the segment there that's uh, with what has caught our eye. Oh, and just further to that, it's come out that uh, also uh, the, the Belgian goalkeeper, Courtois, has come out and said that if any player leaked stories in the uh, to the press uh, regarding what happened, that this would be their last time in the national team. So looks like the drama will continue into the future there, unfortunately. Um, I think they should all just concentrate on football and try and, uh, you know, reclaim some of their loss prior because they are a good side, but unfortunately they weren't prepared at all mentally for this tournament and uh, having the risks did not uh, did not help the situation at all. So um, we'll go on to a preview for tomorrow's um, fixtures and they're the final uh, two matches 
and we'll go with uh, Morocco and Spain at 2am tomorrow morning, uh, Sydney time. This looks to be an incredible clash. Um, the styles of uh, Morocco and Spain, Spain will have possession of the ball. You know, they'll be patient. Luis Enriquez is a, an amazing coach. Uh, Luis Enrique, I should say. An amazing coach. And the Spanish side, aside from Busquets, is really quite young. Yes, they weren't very good against Japan, but it's an opportunity for them to bounce back and show their, their credentials in this um, in this World Cup. However, I think Morocco will can unsettle them because they'll be able to absorb the pressure and they've been playing well in this tournament. Deserved group winners from Group F. I think that they look really good going on the break, breaking forward, getting forward in numbers with Zayic and his counterparts there. They've been playing really good football. And this is a tough one. I wouldn't be surprised if this actually went the whole distance as well and if this went to penalties. As far as a tip is concerned, I'm probably going to tip Morocco, actually, because there does need to be an upset in this uh, round of 16 phase as well, I think. So, yeah, it's... um Obviously, the head says Spain. I'd like to see an upset. I'll just go with the upset and say that Morocco will come out of it. If it goes to penalties, Morocco will come out of it, but it wouldn't surprise us either if Spain uh, won 2-0. So it's really a, a, that that close. Um, I don't see Spain putting a huge score on Morocco, but hopefully the occasion, the sense of the occasion doesn't get to Morocco and um, they can do really well. The final of the round of 16 matches, Portugal versus... Switzerland. This is going to be a really tough game and a really interesting game as well in the sense that uh, stylistically how these two teams go against each other. Portugal attacking flair, Switzerland really rigid in defence but showed that they can attack as well in their last game against Serbia. Yeah, how does this one break down? Portugal have the stronger midfield and the more creative midfield. Portugal quite rightly favourites for this game. I think they will win. I think they'll win 2-1. I expect Bruno Fernandes to be pulling the strings in midfield and I expect Lau to start for Portugal. Switzerland will fin- uh, will start with a team that they played against Serbia. That was a very strong lineup. Xhaka will do his best to try and wrestle control from Fernandes in, in midfield. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Portugal will just have that little bit uh, too much class for Switzerland in this game. And I see Portugal winning this game 2-1. So if uh, we get that right um, there, we should have a Morocco versus Portugal quarterfinal. And that looks tasty as well. So either way, look, when you get to this stage of the World Cup, you're not here by fluke. It's because you've shown the quality to get there. And uh, yeah, We'll, we'll um, see what uh, transpires over the next 24 hours. And uh, by this time tomorrow, we'll be at the end of our round of 16. We'll know who all the quarterfinalists are, who the top eight nations are in this World Cup. And it's um, just been an absolute um, pleasure so far, this World Cup tournament, to watch. So, yeah, I'm uh, Lazarus Gramos. Thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for your interactions and your uh, messages uh, it's been absolutely great to, to bring you this um, podcast uh, in conjunction with Nathan as well. And um, take care all.